Welcome back to Bourbon Sauce. This week we've got Jackson with us. We're going to talk about his transition from the Army into becoming a rancher slash cowboy. Uh, so before we get into that, we're going to jump into what we're drinking. So Jackson, what, you decided to grab something, yeah? Yeah, I grabbed a beer because I have a hockey game tonight, so I'm being responsible. That is responsible. What beer did you grab? Good old tried and true Coors Banquet. Hell yeah. yeah. I know. And then, uh, Ryan, what did you decide to grab? Uh, you know, in, in honor of Jackson and his his momentous pack up and move to Wyoming, become a cowboy, I went with something, I guess you would call it kind of cowboyish. I went with Wild Turkey's Long Branch. Even though it's a Texas. Doesn't matter. They have cowboys in Texas. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, I just went with something that looked old-timey. And I went with old Ezra, you know, because it just looks like something that would be in an old West saloon somewhere, sitting on a shelf. I don't know. And it's, you know, the barrel strength one, so it's it's going to put some hair in your chest. I like the mesquite finish on the long branch. Yeah. But, Joe uh, Jackson, you spent how many years in the Army? Eleven. Eleven years. And you were, a, you were an infantryman by trade. And then when you got out, what... What possessed you to decide to pack up and move out and be a cowboy? Oh, I'd say like the last couple of years before I got out, I started getting into horses and studying horsemanship and all that. And I found a lot of peace in it. And I was like, well, maybe I could go give this a go. And, you know, kind of just <clears throat> figure I'd go to Wyoming. And I looked up colleges and found the one that fit best for me and ended up out here in Sheridan. And how many how many horse or is it cow that you're ranching? Uh, the ranch I work for right now, we take care of anywhere between four hundred to close to five hundred cows at a time. Oh my god. How many people is that working with you? There's four of us that work consistently on it. So four people almost a hundred hundred cow per person. That's yeah. a little, that's a huge head of cattle per person. That's small out here. Yeah, we're, we're considered in the small to medium range. And how many acres is that though? Oh, man! Between the lease properties and the deeded property, we're probably on close to eight to ten thousand acres. Wow! I'm sorry. You say ten thousand acres? Yeah, and it's not continuous, so like it, you have to drive to different areas. It's but over about a hundred miles collectively, if you mash it all together, it'd probably make up close to ten thousand acres. But you can still by horse get through to each pasture, or you have to pack up and then ride a different horse somewhere else, or yeah. So like we're out of Sheridan, but we have lease property over in Arveda, which is like a hundred miles away. So if we want to go take care of the livestock over there, then we gotta go the horses and the trailers and drive an hour out that way or so so is that like a full pack out when you go out there where you have the whole uh chuck wagon the whole thing no no usually it's just go out there for a day and then we'll get back to the trailers and we'll have bed rolls or something oh, sleep okay. there or we have friends out so there you guys don't like actually Savannah stay out actually. huh you don't actually stay out in some of those pastures if you're out too late like don't have a bed no. roll or something with you no no, no, usually not. You got a lot of rattlers out there? 
some pastures have them really bad. Uh, we have yeah. one called the horseshoe, and they're everywhere at the horseshoe. So it's kind of not my favorite place to go when we have to work cows. Now, do you typically carry some sort of firearm just in case you run into some sort of wild animals out there? Yeah, I usually have my forty-five, and then when I go up on the mountains, I'll usually throw my thirty-thirty in a scabbard, and bring that up there too, just because there's more stuff on the mountain. What brand thirty-thirty you rocking? I have an old Winchester. Nice, good old yeah. Winchester. I no. picked up a newer age Henry thirty-thirty. Um, and a forty-five seventy. And a forty-five seventy. They're matching. They're well, you cute. got a buffalo gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. If we come out there, I'm bringing that shit with me, and we're gonna right. we're gonna take something down. Hunting season's so, in full swing right now. Is there requirements like if you're out and you're encountering like a bear or a wolf or a mountain lion? Like, is there guidelines or rules you all have to adhere to? So, grizzlies are still endangered, and that's becoming an argument lately because the populations are getting more stable and usually if bears start killing things then in the past you couldn't do anything about it you had to call fish and wildlife and they would handle it and then the state would reimburse you for your livestock that you're lost wolves so you just chalk up the loss right off the bat and then you have to try and fight the government to get money back yeah Ugh. and then wolves are now if it's in a protected area, you can't do anything. There's a hunter management area off of Yellowstone where you have to have a uh, hunting license to shoot them. And then anywhere outside of that, though, from my understanding, the state of Wyoming respects that as ag land. So if they're outside of those zones, you can shoot them if they're near your calves. So and then mountain lions are one of those, if you can describe how they or a threat to yourself or your livestock, you're allowed to shoot them and defend yourself or your gotcha. livestock. So when you moved when you moved out there, did you go by yourself or did you take somebody with you? No, I I drove out here. The first time I drove out here was to do my college orientation. I was out here for like three days and I drove back to Michigan. Then I went down and saw some people because it was right after I got out and traveled around the states. And then I came back out here in August. I lived out of my truck for the first like two weeks, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an adventure for sure. So, and then you recently just got engaged. I heard. Uh, yeah. What's you, her uh, Did you meet her out there, or? Yeah, I met her when I first got here. I actually got a job working at the dog cat shelter. Which, you know, I don't care what people say. Hanging out with dogs and getting paid all day is not a bad way to make a living. So, and it worked while I was going to college. And her and I met there. And so we've known each other since 2021. Then we started dating a year ago. We just had our one year anniversary before we got engaged. And yeah, it's just That's been awesome. awesome Congratulations, by the way. <clears throat> Thanks, man. Super lucky. Yeah, sounds like it. Looks like you guys have a good time riding the horses out there. Oh, yeah. She's handy. She'll hop on a horse on a Saturday just to hang out with me and go to work with me and work corrals and all Does that she stuff. know how to do roping and stuff like that? She doesn't know how to rope yet. That's on her okay. to-do list of things to learn. But if you need to go sort cows and like the corrals and stuff, which is no small feat, 
then yeah. you can throw her on a horse and she can swing her leg over and be really handy. Did you teach yourself how to do like heading and healing and all that stuff, or did, is that something you went to a, like a some sort of course for? No, I you buy it, the way I did it was I brought a rope and dummy, and then. I just had a lot of buddies come over and drink beer and tell me how I looked like an idiot. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best method. Yeah, and then I got this year. I was good enough that they uh, they let me start kind of roping a doctor and stuff like that. So, like nice. for my experience level, I have uh, one of the more experienced guys. So I usually catch their head, and then so they can control it set up the shot is what it's called and then make it so I can catch something. I can remember really that us yet. roping each other in the duplex in the backyard. Yeah. Trying that cowboy jousting thing. Uh-huh. I don't know if we were trying cowboy jousting. I just remember us roping each other, but it was probably after a few beers. What's that call? I could definitely catch you way easier now. I've gotten halfway decent at it. Actually, no, we did try that. Yeah, it was. That's what it was. The cowboy jousting? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. That was interesting, to say the least. That can that can get painful. So when you just when you just got out there and you finally got settled <clears throat> in onto that ranch, um, where did you fall in like, the echelon of the guys out there? Like, you know, people watch this Yellowstone show, right? And they see, you know, you get the, the lead guy and then you got all these other different guys that are in there and, you know, you got to kind of earn your keep, so to speak. Oh, I'm definitely a bottom hand. The way I got onto the ranch that I'm at now was uh, my first summer here after my first uh, year of school, I actually applied and got in for an internship through the University of Wyoming. So last summer... I was over in Ted Sleep, about two hours away, on the other side of the mountain. And I spent all summer out there. And then I got back. I got my horse here and then from Kentucky. And then I was helping my buddy out. And his boss, now my boss, asked what I was doing. And he heard about me getting done with the internship. And I told him I'd take any work I could get. He's like, all right, I'll start calling you. And that's kind of all she wrote. Went from there. So. Nice. So yeah. What are your aspirations? Are you going to try to get your own ranch, or uh, are you just going to stick around there for a while? Oh, getting your own ranch in today's economy is its not impossible, but you have to do everything but sell your soul. <laughs> it's so darn, darn expensive. You already did that once. Stolen. I don't think you can do that again. I know, right? So if it probably looks like we'll end up managing – somebody else's ranch, which I'm fine with. It's kind of like let someone else take all the financial overhead. And at the end of the day, the end state's still the same. You're getting paid to wake up every morning, hop on a horse and go work out. So, you know, what would you do if when Ryan decides he's going to get these, uh, what is it? The Highland cattle, the Highland cattle, you're going to come out here and teach them how to to do stuff. I mean, I'll definitely come help if he asks me to, I'll squeeze into the schedule. (laughs) So, yeah, not a big enough patch of land for him to be concerned. Right? Yeah, they're all gonna be <laughs> on top of each other. It's probably you're yeah. probably gonna have like twenty. That's well, I mean, depend on. That's all I plan to start out with is twenty. But yeah, if if things progress to where I can pick up pieces here and there, 
then I'll gradually grow it a little more. Right. Yeah, because with 100 acres, is it like an acre per? You can essentially, depending on the cows, you can run two cows per acre. Yeah. As long as it's yeah, you if know, you're pushing it out here, food. though, that's what makes it so different is there's not as much grass. So right. you're running, I would say, on average, one cow to every twenty acres to be able mm-hmm. to have enough grass for it. So right, yeah. How much? How much feed and hay are you guys doing on a daily basis? We usually don't have to feed hay in the summer during the growing season. Winter time, we're doing hay. This year has been an anomaly with the rain, so it's. I think we've gotten close to 4,000 round bales of hay this year. And you'll feed every bit of that over the winter trying to keep weight on them. So, yeah. They get alfalfa or is it just a mix? Uh, We'll usually do grass hay is what Mm -hmm. our operation does. Some operations do alfalfa, and we have some alfalfa. It's kind of what you're trying to achieve, you know, alfalfa for – Ruminants and for hindgut fermenters like horses and cows, it ferments in their gut, so it does give them a lot of energy and then therefore heat. So we'll usually save the alfalfa for like your blizzards and stuff like that when it's really bad, give them a little more extra energy. Because so. cows have what four stomachs? Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to fill four stomachs? I'd just be. I'm just thinking like, I know how much I eat with one stomach. And the size of my stomach. And then you think about how big these cows are. Well, and just saying, yeah. like, we we consume a lot of meat for our protein to build muscle mass. And right. <clears throat> then cows are having to eat just grass. Sometimes they'll eat grain and other things you can feed them, obviously. But if you go to the basics of it, they're eating just grass. And they have to eat that much to right. be able to get the protein to be able to build that kind of muscle. It's nuts. Just crazy to think about what they're in order. Some of those are muscular ass cows out there. Oh yeah, they got to be feeding them some kind of mixture. Well, grain and stuff. Right. So with with the cows out there, um, I know for some reason it doesn't seem to be a thing out this side so much because it's really abundant. Clover out here is like how on Yellowstone how they spread clover and it bloated a bunch of the cows and killed off some of the cows. Is that a thing? Yeah. If it'll do it with alfalfa too. So like if you want to feed alfalfa to your calves, when you're putting them on bunks and getting them ready for a feedlot and stuff like that, you have to ease them into it. Otherwise they'll bloat for sure. And it's just not a good time. Or like if you're got your cows on grass and then the neighbor has an alfalfa field irrigated alfalfa field and they get through the fence and start eating it well it's definitely something they deal with so okay you get to do stuff like like uh bearers do with horseshoes on the horses and stuff like that or you you just strictly run it riding the horse and taking care of the the animals out there yeah so i'm either on a horse or in a tractor is usually where i'm at the farrier stuff is super cool i got some friends that are farriers our college actually has a farrier program, so mm. uh, that a couple of my buddies went through, but it's just not. I hear there's good you know, money just, in that. It's hard on your back. Especially if you know how to do aluminum horseshoes and shit. Yeah. All that. Yeah, there's there's definitely good money in it. It's hard on the body, though, that's for sure. So. Yeah, and then you got to worry about getting kicked. 
<laughs> well, yeah, you know, like it's one thing to deal with my own horses, but like when you're dealing with somebody else's horses and they might hurt you because they didn't do the right thing as the owner of the animal, like that's, yeah, that's just something I don't want to deal with, honestly. So, how many horses do you have access to, or do you ride the same horse continuously? No, you got to think about like if you go to the gym every single day, then you're going to get a, a what's that called? DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness or whatever. A lot of lactic acid builds up. So during the summertime, you're usually going between two or three horses if you're riding every day. We have, Nan and I have four right now. And then her grandparents own, shucks, I don't know. Enough where if we need to borrow some, we can go borrow some. They're pretty cool about letting us use them. So These quarter horses, thoroughbreds, Mustangs, what, what kind of horses are they? Mostly there's quarter horses. That's what a lot of yeah. guys use out here. There's some ranches that they do all of their ranching up at elevation. So they'll crossbreed with like a Percheron or a stock horse. So it'll be a quarter stock horse. And they say that they're firm believers that they can handle the mountains and the elevation and stuff like that better. So you got some pretty mountainous terrain that you have to deal with. Yeah. So in the summertime, we put our cows on the mountain. So they're going down where we're at, it's roughly 4,500 feet above sea level, and they'll go up to about 9,000 to 10,000 feet above sea level. Wow. Yeah. And they're okay up there. Oh, they love it. Honestly, like there's a night and day difference between your cows that go on the mountain during the summer and the cows that don't go on the mountain during the summer. Mm. I don't know what it is in the grass or whatever, but. I would imagine just because they're not overheating too. It's the view. It's the view. It's the view. <laughs> it's the view. <laughs> yeah, totally the view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just pulled our cows off the mountain and we did it just in time because now they're getting, I think, like 10 to 20 inches of snow on the mountain this weekend. So we did that. Grief. Do you, two do you have to worry ago. about wild bighorn running around? Like the goats? The sheep? No. The sheep, yeah. No, we have to worry about... On our mountain range, we have to worry about moose. It's probably the most dangerous thing. We have moose on our mountain. Yep. Then mountain lions, and that's, say, bears. So, But we don't really have grizzlies in our mountain range. We have not yet. That's good. They're predicting it. We have They're a lot of black bears. But... Do y'all have to worry about bison? No, no. They have, like, some domestic bison ranches and stuff around here, but there's not wild bison running around. On our national park. No cross-contamination or issues with those? No. No. Everybody's pretty well regulated with livestock in Wyoming where they have to keep their vaccines up and all that good jazz. Now, is that all that 10,000 acres? Do they have fencing around the perimeter of it all? Or is it just kind of open pastures and you guys got to worry about, you know, herding them to keep them in an area where they're not going to accidentally run off into someone else's property or something? So down off the mountain on the, all the leases and stuff that we run on, it's all fenced in. So that's always fun in the spring before we start moving cows back out and dispersing them to different pastures, going around and fixing fence up. It's a grand old time. And then uh, mm-hmm. the mountain, though, they move pretty freely along the mountain range. So last week, two weeks ago, when we pulled them off the mountain, it was a uh, 25 to 30 mile day of climbing up the mountain on horseback riding that and then gathering through multiple pastures just because 
you know, fence is hard to keep up there. So, and then it's hunting yeah. season. So all the hunters are up there and for some reason they like to leave gates open. So usually pulling cows off the mountains, uh, it's a full date. So lovely. Yeah. You yeah. guys got like uh, hunting hunting cameras and stuff, so you can see, you know, Who's what's going on that? with those gates at all. No. Yeah. We don't bother with it. It's just something that we deal with. So we just go ahead and plan it when we go gather, and we start far enough out that we can catch everything when we're sweeping through. Yeah. So, so basically, send a runner ahead. No, we. If you look at like a plane, we started here with me and Warren and Savannah and Troy, and then another group came up halfway. So we cleared the longest distance to where there might be cows that have gotten out. And then the other group met us in the middle and then we pushed the rest of the way down off the mountain. Okay. Nice. Yeah. What? I figured you'd have a bunch more questions for him. I did, but you were asking, so I thought you were just going to continue asking one. Oh, no, I was looking over you. Oh, I thought you had one. Oh, I ran oh. out of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all, so, all my other questions would have been general questions about his you know, career in the Army, but uh, that's not relevant to this you know, topic. So your, your first horse, yeah. how did you come about getting him, and what type of horse is he? So I was in <clears throat> Fort Bliss at the time when, and that's where I kind of got into the horses thing. I showed up at a horse rescue and was, did the something like stupid straight out of a movie and was like, I'm willing to shovel stalls until you prove me worthy. And then I'll start learning horsemanship from you from a gal named uh, Victoria Hall. She runs a rescue down here in El Paso. And that's where I kind of got my start in all of it. And at the time, my horse, the horse ended up being mine came through and I'd been looking for one. So I rescued him from there. He had like his shoulders all sunk in. He was emaciated. His feet were all messed up. And then you couldn't even catch him in a stall at that point. You had to rope him and then take him down to the round pen and work him. And I got him in October of 2018. Then he followed me to Tennessee and then... What's center called? Now he's out here with me working. He spent some time with our friends, Savannah and Troy, and they finished him. I started him and got him green broke, I guess is what you would call it. And uh, they put all the fancy buttons on him and stuff like that and then brought him out here to me. So what's center called? He's a mutt, though. Was, you'd call him a great horse. So you know, What's his name? His name's Tater. He's a Palomino. So gonna be a good day tater mm -hmm. the girls all so, like to call him tk <laughs> <laughs> so what is your idea or what would you describe as greenbroke and then i'll describe what i grew up with greenbroke as greenbroke something that you can throw a saddle on and swing your leg over on them and they're not gonna like immediately buck you off but like they're yeah. definitely still learning like okay so at that how point, did you get him to that point? Oh, I asked a bunch of people questions about how to do it and just messed with them enough until I kind of figured it out. It was definitely a green and green equals black and blue process. It wasn't like <laughs> something I'd advise to a lot of people. So, but 
you figured it out and you know it just takes a lot of patience i think that's where i really brought into this lifestyle and wanted to know more about it and do more with it was i started learning really quick that you can't be mad on a horse no matter what's going on in your life because it just won't work out for you so right because they feed on those emotions yeah yeah, definitely forced me to learn how to control my emotions and get that benefit and stuff like that. So, you know, and then my uh, first ever experience trying to get a horse to Greenbroke would have been with my pappy. God rest his soul. Um, had a horse. She was a year and a half, almost two years old when I got her and uh, took me out in the corral, took a lead line. Threw a 50-pound sack of feet on her back. Walked her in circles till she seemed to start sweating and be a little tired. Threw a saddle on her. Let her kick and carry on for a little bit with the saddle on her. Walked her around a little longer. Threw a 50-pound sack of feet on that saddle. Walked her around a little longer. Took the sack of feet off. Said, get on there. Yep. That's definitely uh-huh. a way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's a that's a way of that's doing a, it. You, quick way. you said it, sir. Yeah. yeah, it's a quick way for you to get on, and, and a quick off. way for you to get right back off. Yeah, for sure. But it was also <laughs> one of those like once you got off, he Pappy look over at you like dust yourself off, get well, back on. He wouldn't even say nothing. He'd just look at me. What are you gonna do? You're like, well, <laughs> obviously I gotta dust myself off because I can't cry and complain because then I I nope can't do it. That's Pappy. Yeah. So, you know, you get back on, you get thrown back off a few times. But all horses are like dogs. They're they're different and you kind of got to meet them at where they're at. You know, some horses take longer to get them to the point where you can hop on them. And there's been some horses I've been around that you could hop on them right away and just tie your weed rope around his reins and ride him around in a halter and they're fine the first time. And you can trust them with that. And then. Uh, one of the horses I've been starting this summer, though, I got him way older. He's seven, and he still had his nuts when I brought him from the sale barn. So I had to go get him cut, and I had to do all the groundwork with him and take my time with him. And then we just put our first ride on him on Sunday. But, like, the way we did that one was uh, I handed off uh, the weed rope to my buddy, and he wrapped it around a saddle horn, dowied it off, and then – they call it snubbing up and then you just hop on and just hold on to the saddle and then move the horse around like that. But usually that works better because you have a spooky horse. They won't try to run off or anything like that. It won't cause a wreck. You have more control of the situation. So that was Do you have any horses that you trust that you could ride without a saddle bareback at all? Tater. Yeah. You could do anything. You guys got a tater. good relationship. Oh yeah. That's what I called. So I've only ever wrecked on him once, and yeah. that was my fault. And I did that this summer. That was that was good. That was did you just fun. get lopsided on the saddle? Yeah. So there was a series of events that led to him being spooked before I even saddled him. Me being angry, and there goes that saying: you can't be angry when you get on a horse. Right. And yeah. uh, I opened a gate to go get these cows that got out for stupid reasons. And I had to go get him back. And when I went to get on him, I didn't have him positioned properly. So when he lost his balance, he stepped in an uneven place. That oh. made me lose my balance. I flopped on him. Yep. And then away he went. And 
so I came off and just yeah, it happens. Have you ever been dragged along by your stirrup? That happened in my second wreck I had this summer, and that was on the mountain. And my it was the end of the day. Yeah, it was the end of the day. I was tightening my saddle up before he went back down, and the Wadigo, the weather strap that you pull your cinch up with, broke. So there was like six inches left on it. So I just pulled the cinch up to the buckle, punched a hole with my knife to get the cinch hooked backed up somehow, but it wasn't tight yeah. at all. I was like, well, I guess we're just going to try to get off the mountain this way. So we had a, it was like eight at night. So we were trying to save time. So we cut through the forest to get to the other side of the trail. We're zigzagging yeah. deadfall. And my saddle rolled on me. And then I ended up under the horse. And then the horse was really good. And he just sidestepped away. And uh, then I uncovered my face. And I realized I was moving on my back. So I looked up and I was hung up in the stirrup. So I'd say that's honestly one of the scariest moments I've had in my life. But the horse was cool. He was just sidestepping, still looking at me like, what the heck is going on? And it gave me enough time to knock the stirrup off my foot. Yeah. What's the biggest cow that you've got on the, the ranch right now, weight-wise? I'd say probably 1,600, 1,700 pounds. Can you imagine being hit by 1,700 pounds? What's the biggest bull? Oh, our biggest bull is probably 2,000 pounds. Good God. That's a beefy boy. That's a beefy yeah. boy. Is his name Dan? <laughs> no. No. Because he's ornery? Because he's, <laughs> he's a beefy boy. Yeah. Bulls are interesting. Usually they're they... pretty docile. <clears throat> yeah. But do they do their they own breeding there on that ranch? Yeah. We do a mix. Uh, so with breeding, you have two classifications. You have live cover, and then you have artificial insemination. Yep. Mm -hmm. So most of our older cows will do live cover on right away. And they'll get bred to a bull throughout the summer in the pasture. And then the heifers, yeah. so your one-year-olds who've never been bred before, your virgins, uh, we'll AI them just simply because they're smaller and it's a safer process for them. So yeah, like Don't you'll have a couple of cows a year that'll like break their hips. It's definitely a not a romantic scene when they breed. It's borderline violent. No. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember being part of an AI, and that was the nastiest thing: sticking your hand way up in there and yeah, feeling around. Yeah. It's like uh, I've done it's, it's, so, it's, it's so warm, you know what I mean? It's just just imagine if you want if you've never done it, for those that are listening, you stick in your hand in this cow and it's you're literally elbow sometimes shoulder deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Nan's like, going and getting certified to do that right now in school. She that's a class she's wow. taking this semester. Oh, that's you, you didn't want to get certified? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know it's worse than that, I think is pulling the calf when they get hung up and having to help birth the calf. I think that's yeah. even worse because the smell yeah. of that alone, like I thought when my kid was born and being in that room and smelling that smell was, was not right. 
No, like being around animals that are birthing of their babies, it's like. Now they they make different types of like. There's a couple of different types of like tools and apparatuses for when you have to yeah. go in and birth a cow. Oh yeah, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. So you have chains, which is like yep. something you do out in the pasture because you can stone mm-hmm. in your saddlebags, and then you have a thing called a calf jack, and that's if you can get them back to the barn. And you can get them tied up to a pole or you can put them in a sheet and then you can do that. And it's literally just a ratchet system. You just hook the feet up and then it goes up against the butt. That's what it pushes off the top of their legs. Oh, cool. Or you do like I had to do when I was a teenager and grab the legs and yeah. someone else is yeah. pulling the cow the other direction while you're grabbing the legs and run in the other direction. Yeah. That was calving season's that interesting. Was not fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially out here because uh, we have in March usually. So we'll get like the negative degree temperatures and stuff and night calving's just, yeah, it's long. Out of the like 500 cow that you've got, how many bulls are there? I think last I counted this year we ran 13 bulls. Okay. Dang, they're so big. like that's really should have more – the average ratio is usually, I think, one to twenty-five or one to fifty. Per sure. Now, do you have to keep the bulls separate? Yeah. So, like, they go out with them during the summer after they've calved and everything, and then yeah, fall time we bring start bringing everything back kind of towards what you call, I guess, ranch headquarters, and then yeah. where we have all of our hay and everything, and. When we do that, that's when we pull the bulls off of the cows when you're preg checking. So that way they don't get all, you know, possessed and try to ram you with their horns. No, because we'll work on like on the ground. I'll be on foot and the corrals and yeah. we'll separate them off. But usually you just do that just because you don't want them, your cows are bred and you don't want them hurting the cows and miscarrying and stuff like that. So, so where do they go? Fall to spring, they have their own pasture that we put them on together. Oh, and so. they don't have a problem being together. Oh, they'll fight and stuff, but that's just bulls being bulls. It's like throwing a <laughs> bunch right? of regiment dudes together and having them drink. And when there's a fist <laughs> they're like, well, that's just what regiment does. So, yeah, that's that, fair. That sounds about yeah. right. There's a lot yeah. of testosterone in one little pin, you know. Oh, Something's yeah. bound to happen. Oh, yeah. They'll break stuff. You've been stuff. hit by one of those they'll bulls? Break- no, luckily I haven't. I was dumb when I first started, and we were moving cows on the other side of the mountain, and they were fighting, and I thought that I could take my horse up there and then go break it up, which sometimes you can, but I also learned that that's like kind of a thing that you do when you're more experienced because they'll yeah. fight until they're so exhausted that they can't see. And then they're just, once they break from locking up, they'll go running in whatever direction they're facing at the time, and they'll plow through anything. And like, you can get yourself hurt or killed that way. So, yeah. Have you come up on like any moose and bull getting like a bull moose and a you know bull getting into no. it at all? No, they no. usually leave each other. I'm kind of curious. Moose. I want to see if that ever happens. Like, who would win that fight? I would say the bull moose. Bull moose are scary. That's honestly the yeah. biggest thing I worry about up in the mountains is the moose. They're scary. Dude, I was going to say, I heard more people are afraid of a bull moose than they are of a grizzly bear. Dude, they're yeah. fucking nasty. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't, yeah, I've don't seen videos smoking. of them like charging out in the rivers and chasing boats. Is that real nasty? It's like it's like the American hippo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> really? yeah. Like yeah. then you have to worry about the cow elk when they have calves in the spring, summertime. Yeah. If you get yourself between them, that's honestly more scary than getting between a bear and its cub because they'll they'll come after you. What uh what plans do you have for yourself here in the next five years besides getting married? Oh man. Finish school. School's a struggle. I'm not really good at the college yeah. thing. Uh, and then once I graduate, hopefully start managing for somebody else. And then we'll see where the economy's at. It's just kind of hard, you know. Uh, either way, as long as that states us getting paid to hop on a horse every day and we're cows, you know, then I'm happy with that. So maybe have a couple kids. They got a lot of veterans out there where you're at. And Sheridan specifically, like veterans cowboying or veterans in general? Yeah, yeah. cowboying. Uh, I haven't met really many cowboying around here. Uh, up in Montana, there's a bunch. There's a nonprofit called uh, Bear Hug Cattle Company. And they, uh, every year, I think they have ap- applications open for next year right now. And it's a 10-week program. And... You go to the biggest ranches between Montana, Wyoming, and Colorado. I think they even go to Idaho. Don't quote me on that. But, yeah, you do that for 10 weeks, and it's a pretty intensive program. And once you're done, though, you pretty much have the skills to be able to get hired onto a place, and there's all the networking that you do during that program and stuff. That's a pretty cool way to get into it. And then up in Montana, there's uh, Little Belt Cattle Co., and that's started by some Navy SEALs, and they're pretty big operations. They're big advocates for veterans getting into it. So, I'm drawing a blank. For what? What was that one? What the war the, war for vets? The, the war horse for vets. War horse was it soft? Oh, that you guys did with the no, fifth war horse for vets, and then they have the National? soft program. Yeah. Was yeah. that? Oh, the program that you guys did with the other interview. No. Uh, so with the one we were talking about with Mark. Yeah. The horse soldier guy? Yeah, it's War yeah. Horse for Vets. Yeah, War Horse. Yeah. Is yeah. that in Kansas? Yeah. It is in Kansas. Yeah, it's out of Kansas. Yeah. There's a bunch but of programs. programs. It's definitely growing. Yeah. But apparently when they ride, it's more competition. Well, I think yeah. there's twofold to it. Obviously, there's the part of it where they're teaching them just the regular ride, right. and then there's the other part of it, how to do like head and healing and fucking doing all that other roping and barrel racing and all kinds of stuff. Oh, getting into rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah did you not nah, saw you did do a rodeo recently? He did. He did. Yeah, I entered in the county rodeo. It was we did the uh hide drag where you take a steer hide and then they attach a rope to it and you hand it off to the guy on the horse and away you go. So how fun is that? It was fun. <laughs> the the so- Way Pretty most good people did is, yeah, the way most people do it was they would ride down and then the horse would stop in front of the hide and you would hand off and then they'd go, which results in the horse stopping and losing momentum. We tried a different technique where he just rode past me and went around. So I oh. had trouble the first time timing, handing him the rope and then getting down on the hide before he ripped my head off. And clean me out. <laughs> so I didn't get a hold of the hide 
there's a handle that they attach to the hide and I didn't. Yeah. Didn't that's convenient. That. Yeah. And then the second time though, I, we did pretty good. So, so you didn't do any bull riding for that one. No, I don't plan on bull riding, man. That's such you don't a- want to come out to shoot. <laughs> You're not doing that no more. No. You're getting too bad. old, huh? I hopped on a few when I was in Texas just to say I did it and try it and yeah. see if I liked it. And you know, it was cool to say I did that, but like I don't. The amount of commitment you have to do to be good at it, and it yeah. is just something either you're all in or all out on. And I just didn't want to. Never wanted to get on a bronc. No, no, I have a hard that's enough time fun, when it's man. fresh. In the, yeah, horses are fresh in the spring and they buck, and that's enough for me. So yeah, oh, that's. I've been. I've become more aware of my mortality as I grow older. Yeah. Isn't that weird how that works? You know, when you're yeah. 18 years old, you're like, I'm fucking invincible. Nothing can yeah. take me out. Yeah. And then yeah. as you get older, you're like, you sneeze and you break something. And you're like, oh, oh, God. Well, it's like the kid growing up that stuck a penny in a light socket. And he's like, da, 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 da. you do that now. And it's like the next thing you know, you've you've just completely went rigor mortis because nothing wants to move now. All your yeah. joints are stiff. Arthritis yeah. is set in. I'll get zapped by hot wire that you keep like livestock in with. And I'll be like uh, grabbing my chest, worrying about heart palpitations and stuff. <laughs> Dude, we were out the other day. This guy across me, he's got a hundred acres and he's got two horses. He doesn't do shit with these horses. Right. But I like to feed him carrots. And, uh, <laughs> I was reaching over the fence, feeding the one. And all of a sudden I put my arm down just enough. It was like, but I was like, ah, the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Hot Damn wire it. get you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the horse was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> the horse like, was like, no, thank you, sir. I, I do not. Like, it's like, I will not take a carrot from you. Yeah. I'm going to change direction, and I will take a carrot from this gentleman. Oh, horses yeah. and hot wire and cows and hot wire are two totally different things. Horses are way more entertaining. When yeah. They yeah. So. I mean, we yeah. had cows when I was growing up. Horses off and on, are like, and the, pew, pew, pew. the cow would just yeah. like, we had one that would lean into the hot wire. Yeah. They, I think they think it's like a massager yeah. for cows. How do the ones out there do? The cows or the horses? The cows. The cows respect it as long as there's plenty of grass in there. They're so food driven. Yeah. If there's not enough grass in there, then they're going to test it and usually blow through. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're so fucking big and dumb. I mean, they're smart, but they're like, you know, they're like bulldogs. It's food. Yeah. yeah. And they're just going to go through whatever to get to that food. Like, I don't fuck. Fuck it. This is temporary pain. I'm getting to that pasture, and then I'm eating the rest of that grass. And then Pretty they're fine. Much. But now you have to fix a whole goddamn section of fence. So You double wire it, then like, they'll I, I'm stay. I'm curious. I always got told they could smell. They could smell it. What, the electricity? Yeah, so I don't know if that's a thing. I, I think horses can. Yeah, hmm. horses can. So I, I don't know, know if it's so much that they smell it or if they just can. I think they can feel that. Feel uh, it. I, yeah, I think because like they're small whiskers and yeah. stuff. You know, I think they could feel it tingling before they get too close. But yeah, growing up, they all the old men always said, "Oh, they can smell it." I don't think it is. That might be true, but I don't think it is. Let's let's find a. Uh, uh... <laughs> Pee your pants. That's beer for you. Yeah. If you guys are curious, we do have merchandise. We've got hats. We've got shirts. We've got new shirts that came in. 
that have our alternate logo on them. And then uh, we've got coasters, cups. We've got cups galore. I just got 48 more cups made that we have our logo on them. Uh, we're selling them as a set of four for 30 or you can buy them independently for $8 a piece. Uh, hats are about $20 a piece. Um, shirts are $25? Yes. Something like that? Yes. <clears throat> so let us know. You can email us at bourbonsauce at gmail.com if you want any merchandise, and we'll give you whatever you guys are looking for. But now that Jackson is back, thanks for our little yeah. sponsorship break for that. All your plug. Yeah, yeah, we just do our little plug. Whenever somebody leaves, we do our little plug. Oh, nice. So yeah, it kind of works out. Yeah. So then fill the gap. Yeah. Fill, fill Dude, the hats and the merch look good. They Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, yes. we've, we've been uh, testing different vendors and stuff. So uh, this one's from Bros Graphics. I like um, that hat really well. Yeah, it's a good one. And I've, I've been talking with this guy specifically. He's going to possibly do some embroidery work for us mm-hmm. for like the Whoopi hoodies. Ooh. <clears throat> so if we get some Whoopi hoodies, we'll send you one. on it? Is that from that yes. Oliver Anthony song or whatever? Yes. That's right, that yeah. It's catchy. All right. Yes. So we, we yeah. figured we'd maybe hop on that bandwagon and, you know, people get a double whammy. They could have that plus our our logo and rock it. But then Matt shirts, Ryan's know. got these ones. Yeah, Ryan's looks good. <clears throat> these, yeah, Ryan got these with our alternate logo on them. Which are nice, and then the back says uh, "Bourbon makes it better." I think. Little, bourbon little makes up. It yeah, yeah. Bourbon <laughs> makes. Um, what else are you are you planning on doing with this ranching thing? Are you just gonna stay on a, a property as long as you can? You're gonna get your your own house that's near, like build your own house, build a log cabin, have kids that are gonna help you. So like... we rent right now, and yeah. then. We'll see what the future holds. So, you know, like uh, Nan's family actually comes from the first dude ranch recorded in American history. So they're uh, the Eaton's ranch. So, you know, we might end up out there and helping with their operations or we'll end up going and managing for somebody else. You know, it's, it's a good time to be around here there's a lot of potential in the next five years with guys getting older and retiring and stuff like that so you know we're just kind of enjoying where we're at in the process so there's an opportunity for anybody that's out there is looking to be a rancher or a ranch hand or a cowboy in general to come out there to wyoming and and have some opportunity oh yeah there's guys hiring all the time that's one of my pet peeves though is i'll post I post things on Instagram one because it's better than texting one picture to like 20 different people and right. you I like posting good vibes because there's so much toxic negative stuff on social media these days for sure and then but I'll always get messages and from anywhere from 10 to 15 people that I know and then being like man you're so lucky I'm jealous of you living that life I'm like come on out man like I have no plenty of ranches that can get you hired. I got uh, two of my friends while they're married. Uh, we got them hired at a ranch 60 miles from here. And yeah. they're from the military. They're just out in Kentucky. And Is that Savannah? They love it. Yeah, Savannah and Troy. And then yeah. 
like I'll get those messages every time I post and then I'll be like, come on out. Like I'll, I'll help you out, get you started and put you in contact with the right people. And yeah. I'll always get that. Oh, well, you know, the winters are rough and you know, uh, I, I have a family and I can't take the pay cut and this, that, and that. I'm like, you're not really jealous. Then. You're jealous of this like one picture and that's what deep ranchers are for. You right. can pay money to show up out here and, ride a horse and get your fancy photos on Instagram and then go home to your nice comfy house. Well, but, you yeah, know, it's just that, like, that. uh, everybody that's jealous of either the infantryman, the green berets, or the, you know, the grunts in the Marine Corps, but they see all the glamorous part of it, but they don't realize all the hard effort and work that goes in day to day. And once you tell yeah, them about that, yeah. then they're like, uh, um, maybe I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. They see like the clips of like the yeah. shoot house and, and all that sexy stuff. And then they don't right. see the like hours and hours and hours doing glass houses with engineering tape and mm-hmm. micromanaging every single step. And yeah, they don't, they don't see any of that stuff. They don't want to do any of that stuff. And the same thing for like right. the ranching I found, like they want these cool pictures on top of the mountain, but right. they don't want to do the wake up at three thirty. They don't want to do the wreck on the mountain and then having a tire saddle up with a picking string and then ride it off the mountain. Right. You know, like they don't, they're not into that stuff. You know, you're out there and it's pouring ass rain and you're trying to get these cows back off the mountain and they're like, no, we're cool up here. And you're like, no, but really you got to come back down the mountain. And they're like, no, I'm yeah, when you got 200 cows that don't want to move you, you know, I try to be a good Christian and you know, I've calmed down over the years a lot. Matt could probably attest to that. But but when you work cows, there's a saying around here, you can't be held against anything you say when you work cows because they'll they'll make you <laughs> it's, sick. it's like when I'm backing up my camper, you know, it's like sorry about what I said to you when I was backing my camper up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Savannah so and Troy would definitely give you a whole episode of the struggles of being married and working cows together, that definitely yeah. gets I bet that'd be uh, an interesting episode just to hear how frustrating that can be. Well, I mean, there's, oh, an, old, yeah. Oh, yeah. there's an old saying that if, if a marriage can survive building a house, it can survive anything. So I wonder if that kind of correlates to if a marriage can survive managing cows, it can survive anything. I bet that's even better. If you can, if I you bet, can yeah, I would say it is first-hand experience like nan and i made agreements right off the bat that i won't yell at her while we're working cows like yeah i've seen plenty <laughs> of other married couples doing it and it's just i don't want to be that couple so i right. just made an agreement that we won't do it i'll walk away so as part of that agreement if you go to, if you do accidentally slip up and yell at her she can throw something at you and it's okay Probably. We haven't gotten that far yet. I haven't yelled at her in a year that we've can't treat her like a, a, a new boot private, you know? You can't just be cursing yeah. and yelling and pointing yeah. and no <laughs> knife hands. So there I, are no knife so hands I, here. I think the problem that usually ends up happening from what I've seen with other couples is men are very direct and yes. I need uh-huh. you here and I need you here now and I don't have time to explain it. And women want to know the why. And there's times when you just can't use the why or like guys will be, they won't change their tone. They'll just be direct of, I need you to get over here. And they Mm -hmm. expect you to know, and I'm guilty of it, of how fast I need you to get there. Or if you can take your time getting there. So that's another agreement Nan and I made was 
if we're going to do something where I need her to move with a purpose, I have to tell her beforehand. Like, we're going to go do this right now, and I need you to move with a purpose. And as long as she knows oh. that, she'll go hustle and get after it. But, nice. you know, if I don't say that, and then I don't emphasize it while I'm trying to tell her where I need her to go, then, you know, I can't put I think that's kind of funny because, like, every sports coach that I had, there was no such thing as walking. It was You always had to hustle wherever you were going to go. And then when I got yeah, in the military, yeah. it was more of the same. Range it, walk. It was wherever you're going, you're moving with a purpose. And so now yeah. I've had 15 years of that lifestyle, and it's hard to break because when I'm in a relationship and I'm like, hey, I need you to just, and they're like lollygagging. I'm like, why are you taking so long? What are you doing? You know, I get really frustrated, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I forget. Not everybody has that, like, upbringing, Mentality. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, cows, cows are interesting too, though, because there are times when if you're hustling, you're just going to work them up when you're trying to keep them calm. So, yeah. like, you got to kind of read the situation. But, like, <clears throat> Nan, I remember one of the first times we were cows together, she came with the outfit that I work for. And we've done it so much together, even just the year of me working for them, where we can read where the other guy's at and see what they're trying to do, and everybody can kind of just plug and play which is kind of good. And, uh, but she was like, I had no clue what was going on. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So when y'all are moving cows, right? Uh So like on, on where I'm going with this. So like on a hockey team, right? Mm. You have what wings, a goalie, defenseman, defenseman, right? Mm. So like when you're moving a herd of cattle, are there positions and do they actually have names? No, Usually it's like terrain depicted. Uh-huh. Dude, there's so many correlations. I almost found myself saying that TC. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it really is though. It's like we kind of do. Like if you're trying to get them down the road, usually you'll have one guy in the front, and then you'll have the rest of them in the back, moving them down the road, or you'll have two guys in the front. If you're moving out in like the open range, you have guys on the side, and you have. Nobody in the front, you know, guys in the back. It just depends on kind of what you're doing. So. Oh, okay. But there's no actual, like, I need you to be this for the day or that for the day. I just no, need you here no. or I need you there. It's not like, uh, you like, know, when no. you're pallbearers and, like, the one guy is up the front is the, the lead or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. No, it's – we'll huddle. Like, we'll do a quick huddle if we're doing things. Like, after you move cows a long distance, you'll uh, – let them pair up is what it's called. And you're letting the calves find their moms again. Cause calves will inherently go back to the last place they sucked milk from. So oh, if you're moving them five miles right. down the road and they don't find their mom right away and you just let them in there and leave them, then half your calves will end up down the road back where you started with them. Oh, wow. Hours. So you guys do like, so, uh, when you were in infantry with a whole shoot move, you know, cover, do you guys kind of do a similar thing where, Somebody will like hold the line and then another side will ride up ahead and then kind of like a. We'll do some of that. Like when you're pairing up, usually we'll kind of put them in a corner right at the entrance of the pasture we're putting them in. And we'll just huddle real quick and we'll be like, all right, you, you, and you are going to hold the herd and then you and you are going to go find pairs and then bring them out so that we can whittle down mm-hmm. and see what's not paired. See if we lost some more. I want to get some so video footage if you that. ever get a chance with your phone. I know it's going to be difficult to like catch you moving a whole herd and just kind of see what that process looks like. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I got a few on 
on the gram. That's in our car okay. with me moving cows. So if we make it out next summer, I'm gonna bring my gimbal and I'm gonna fucking ride a horse and do that and just be a trail man, just kind of capturing right. what's going on. Just get a UAV. Welcome. Welcome. I do have a UAV. I've got a drone, but I don't know if the cows would like that. Dude, drones are... There's a lot of people on the Instagrams that are doing that these days. And then there's some um, ranchers that are uh, using drones so that they can save their horses. Oh, so they're not okay. wearing their horses out. So like, you'll bring... In that big, big country area, you'll get the majority of them, and you know yeah. you're never going to get all of them the first go. And then you usually spend a couple of days afterwards finding the stragglers. Mm. Now, a lot of those guys now have brought into the drone idea, and they'll just go out there and they'll send up a drone and they'll look in those tough areas that they don't want to go through with on their horse and find them that way. Makes it way more efficient. Yeah. And then artificial intelligence is becoming a thing. If you're talking about technology coming into the industry. Yeah. So how often do y'all switch from horses to ATVs and stuff? Oh, or do oh, you? The only time I've seen any of us move cows on a four-wheeler is like when there's snow on the ground and it's something short and quick that we don't want to take the time to go grab the horses and then just to yeah. move them down the road real quick, like a quarter mile or something. He wants open do you guys ever use shotguns to like scare them and corral them or is it all just like whips and ropes and we use bull whips yeah so yeah what's that called the guns usually don't come out unless there's something that needs to be dead but what's that okay called? usually you deal with anything killing anything yeah i shot a raccoon right outside my door like two weeks ago <laughs> You ain't yeah, but I, yourself I, I, a raccoon. I've shot like five at the campground before. Yeah, well. What's that called? We have rabies out here this year, actually. Oh, man. We had like, I think, Lots 15 cases of rabies in the county. Wow. So, mainly Do you have dogs that help you guys herd? Yeah. Uh, Barrett, he was supposed to be a cow dog, and then Nan got a hold of him, and he's Nan's dog now. So. <laughs> no, he's, but, uh, now he's domesticated you, and lazy. Yeah, yeah, he enjoys all the treats and right, on yeah. the couch like he's. You know, but, <laughs> so you get up and uh, go to work, and he looks at you, and he's like, "Not today, bruh." <laughs> he likes it. He, I never, I got him when he's a little older, so I didn't get the chance to really train him like that. Yeah. Uh, he knows enough where if I tell him to go get something, he'll push it in the direction I'm facing. So he found out, though, when he was two, that he likes to bite him in the nose. Mm. So I'll be trying to get him to go and push him from the rear and bite him in the heels, and then he'll get excited and go bite him in the nose and push him the wrong way. So Have you thought about getting, <laughs> thought about getting some yeah. healers or some Australian shepherds or anything like that? So that's what... Barrett is. Barrett's an Aussie collie. Yeah. And like I use him for small stuff. Like if we have cows, neighbors' cows get in, I got to push them out. There's just like five of them. I'll just yeah. have him go with me. And usually, like, they're not actively usually having to work. Usually, they just are there and their presence is enough to get the cows moving. Okay. So, now, sheep and dogs is a whole nother thing that's super cool you'll watch a guy with a well-trained dog and he'll go out and gather a thousand sheep just by himself with the dog it's right. nuts so yeah. you know 
I've seen some of those videos of where like the competitions where they actually have the dog like and they're like redirecting, yeah. And the dog's yeah. like with the whistles. Yeah, and the dog's running them yeah. into these yeah. pins. So uh some people we know, Chopper and Laura. Laura has a dog named I think Trip. And he's a collie and he's the best dog ever. So usually when we don't have dogs, when you're pushing calves through the alleyway of the sheep, once the horse gets them in the alleyway, somebody has to come up on foot and then hold them there. Otherwise they just back out of the alleyway and it takes forever. And those are the days that you're like, man, I love having a dog around because she'll bring trip and trip will just go sit in the alleyway and he'll lay down and if the calves back up, he'll bite their heels and they'll go back forward. And it just makes your life so much easier. There's definitely like a big thing for dogs if you can get a good dog, but the right. mad training, if you don't have a good dog and you try to use them all the time and your cows aren't used to them, then it's just a nightmare, honestly. So sounds like a good time, man. It sounds like you're enjoying yourself since you made this transition out of the military and, and you're up there in Wyoming doing your own thing. So there's a lot of things that correlate. And I think that's what made the transition so seamless, you know, like, you look at things that guys appreciate or the things that guys miss when they get out. Yeah. And you know, it's like the, uh, especially for your infantry dudes and like special operations guys, uh, you're used to suffering together and that's why those guys get so close. Yeah. And you're, you definitely get that with the cowboy thing. Like you're, it's, it's suffrage. Um, right. the loyalty, yeah, you get the camaraderie from the loyalty of like knowing, man, today's going to suck because the weather is bad or whatever. Right. And you have five dudes that are going to show up no matter what. They don't call it sick just because it's going to suck. You get that reliability and, you know, you're staying so busy, you don't have time to kind of get in your head. And it gives yep. you purpose. You know, like 100%. when you're taking care of animals, you can't sleep in and be like, oh, I'm depressed, so I'm going to spend the day <laughs> right. in bed. Yeah. Like, right. You and but like that's a real thing that happens to a lot of guys when they get out and yeah you know I think all those things together that's why it is growing with a lot of veterans moving to the cowboy industry is it just translates gives you purpose yeah and it keeps yeah. you busy as hell yeah. so you know that's yeah. that's a yeah. very important thing when you get out is finding something to keep you task saturated it's so difficult mm-hmm. um, when you go from a uh, operational tempo if you want to call it that. As being go, 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 go. And then you get out and it's like, boom. It's like you hit the fucking brakes and you're slamming the ground. And you're like, what the fuck? You know? Right. Like now you're looking for yep. that adrenaline rush. You're looking for, you know, the next whatever. And you yeah. know, I think you found it. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's definitely been, been the best thing for me that I could possibly think of. And, you know, like I think there's some cool things about Yellowstone that's brought people in general, the population towards back towards ranching and agriculture. I -hmm. think some things aren't good. You know, like if you're willing to show up out here and say, I don't know anything, I'm willing to work my ass off and learn. Like it's the most welcoming community you could ever find. Like I've I've just been working with open arms of people that are willing to teach you. You I'm retiring. Going to Wyoming. Yeah. Check your, check your ego at the door and you show up and it's just good times, man. Well, on so. a personal note, are there a lot of single women? Ooh, in, in, Wyoming in Wyoming or in general? In Wyoming. No. No? No, I got I got lucky finding Nan. 
Yeah, man, that complicates things. Yeah, complicates things <laughs> Do you hear that echo? A little bit. Not anymore. Yeah. You anymore. you hear it? I hear it. Not anymore. Yeah, I don't hear it anymore either. Must have been my internet doing something weird. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> this is a big tourist town, though. So like, there's yeah. there's a lot of women that come through the summer and they like uh, finding their cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them come back, and then you have the dude ranches. That's a good place to find women. We call them good uh, place to find dudes too. <laughs> Yeah. So, so like, <laughs> uh, we call them Eaton's transplants. You made me lose my yeah. train of thought there. So it's like, it's people right. who came out to the dude ranch to come visit and then they loved it yeah. so much that they just moved out here. So kind of like bunny, buckle, bunny buckles or buckle, buckle bunnies, bunnies, whatever. They're buckle buckle bunnies. Bunnies. That's a rodeo term. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the girls that, that want your rodeo cowboys and stuff. And you'll find yeah. those around here, but. Usually it's you find women going. A lot of guys look for the touristy women coming through, and they either have a good yeah, time. And then or they, they get tired because their man's always off. working, and they're like, "I'm leaving. I thought you had more time for me." Yeah, yeah. I got lucky, like I said, with Nan. Like she's all about it. You know, summertime's there's a lot of at least sixty, sometimes eighty hour weeks, and I wouldn't be getting home till nine, ten o'clock at night. And that was like the first big test for her and I. I was like. I warned her right. going in the summer. I was like, I'm not going to be around. And she is just I'm cracking myself up over here. The... Huh? I said, I'm cracking Where's myself up over here. I keep catching Come myself on. turning my head like I'm going to be able to hear you better through the microphone. Ding dong. Oh, because you're deaf from your range day? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because Dan messed with the volume again. That's, <clears> I'm like, Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> the struggle Either of technology way. and figuring it out. You know, you need it, or you dedicated. could do like a big podcast like Joe Rogan, where you have your own like tech person. You know? I know, I, right. I need to get that big. We need we need to get on that. I level. mean, sponsorships always welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I called. But yeah, we'll definitely have to have you guys out here. It's it's a whole other world for sure. Would so, love to, you know, for sure. Unplugging from society, that's a big thing too. You know, if you watch the news and you're just caught up in it. So what I'd love to do is get a new truck that I can pull my camper and then we'll just drag that out to Wyoming and then dogs can stay in there and we go do a riding for the day and then come back and the dogs will have tore up the whole camper. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then Tank can see Jackson and bitch at him. (laughs) Yeah. Tank's not a fan. He's actually been really good around me lately, and I don't know what his deal is. I I don't know if it's because I've been absent from him for so long that he forgot who I am, or if he's just like, ah, this dude's all right. He's just old, and he tolerates mm. until you get loud. And then he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. He's grumpy. He's a grumpy That's old set. He finally started to like me like, right as I was leaving. I think it's because yeah. he's he like, okay, sleep. you have been around long enough. Yeah, I will accept you. All right. Yeah, but I mean, in his defense, yes, yes, I do. Watch in his defense, he's very used to not many other people other than myself being yes. around yeah. continuously. Not in his very life. socialized. No, he's very yeah. socialized. Met lots to of women. people, but he's he's not accustomed <laughs> to anybody staying in his life long. Other than me, What's Jackson caught that. <laughs> I.e., your women. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Revolving door. Now, uh, I remember I had a couple of drinks somewhere before. We watching rodeo that night or watching hockey? Yes, we were watching the P- we were watching PBR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and anyway, somebody oh, Jackson was good. Digress and... completely from our mm-hmm. Jackson was good. <laughs> story. And good and good and feeling good. Uh, yeah, I was feeling Jackson, good. Jackson, you got anything you want to plug for yourself? Well, I think like you got your own I Instagram though, right? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. It's what where, is it? Where can people find you if they want to check your Instagram out? If it you want is, people to find you, anybody can find me. If anybody wants to like ask more about this industry and consider it, they're exactly. I'm always. I try to be an advocate for it or an ambassador. That's what it'd be called. There you go. Mine is Eddie. Like leave it to Beaver Eddie with the I E underscore Haskell one two three. That's my Instagram. But, I will put that in yeah. our description below for those of you that are curious, so you can find Mister Haskell Jackson as That's we know cool. him. It seems scary when you're first doing it, but I think as networks grow, you know, with all the nonprofits that are starting up and helping get people, veterans yep. specifically, into this industry, like I definitely put uh, Bear Hug Cattle Co. And at the bottom of this, if people are interested in that, they're taking applications right now. And uh, Heroes and Horses is out here. And Saddles and Service are the top three. So Perfect. Yeah. I'll have to look those up That's and put those in the link as well. So that way people yeah, can find those all, links and then. All great places to start, you know. <clears throat> well, yeah, you've got a hockey game that you've got to get to. Oh, yeah. It's. Five minutes, Tar. I go. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> so yeah. we appreciate you carving out time from your busy schedule of chasing cows around on horses like a real cowboy. Um, always a pleasure coming on here. Definitely want to do it again in the future. So let's we'll have call. to do Maybe another one. Just, just the boys bullshitting about stories about each other and stuff. We could do that. And then uh, Savannah and Troy Cox would definitely be a couple to have on in the future because they can give a civilian perspective of moving out here and figuring it out perfect they can really well for themselves too cool so. if we can make that connect and yeah. i get back from uh, africa then we'll do that africa. i dream of africa that's i don't think that's a real thing toto no mm-hmm. yep he doesn't say i dream of africa mm-hmm. i don't think that's a lyric in there google it Anyway, sounds like it's going to be more of a vacation than work. It's point. called the rains down in Africa. Africa, I dream of Africa. Well, I'm going to Google it later. I know what you're saying. That is one of the lyrics. If rains you're down wrong, in Africa. then I'm going to punch you in the gooch. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> anyway, do you got anything left in your cup? Your your can? Yeah. Your bottle? A little bit. Am I nub? All right, perfect. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Bourbon Sauce. Once again, this was Jackson talking about being a cowboy, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. And for those of you who are curious, we're going to put all the links down below. Make sure you like, subscribe, share with your friends, because the more that you do that, the more our channel will grow and the more popular we'll become, and we can get more people on this so you guys can hear more about stories from other people's lives besides us two goons talking about ourselves in the third person as much as we do so uh until next time get saucy and 
Cheers. Cheers.